Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey guys, Jordan here. Welcome back to Pitch Not So Perfect. Uh, once again, another crazy week coming up for us Ducks, but as usual, let's run through the last week so you guys can stay up to date on what's going on Ducks softball-wise. So we just got back from playing in Texas this last weekend. Uh, we started out at Texas State on Thursday where we won 7-3. to Also, side note, way colder than I thought it was going to be. I mean, I know it's February and all, and I obviously checked the weather because I'm not a total idiot, but the, that wind out there, totally different. Like, ooh. But um, anyways, when we traveled to um, Waco the next day, we played Baylor for a three-game series. Uh, we played them twice on Friday, lost the first one three to nothing, and then won the second one eight to four. Then we finished up on Saturday with one game against them where we won ten to four. So not a bad weekend, but we definitely have a lot of things we need to touch up on throughout the next couple of days uh, before we head to Palm Springs this weekend for the Mary Nutter tournament, which is always a big weekend full of a lot of good teams. So I know the hitters have been working on a few things at the plate this week, and us as a pitching staff had to tweak a few different things. Uh, that we were doing to try and kind of eliminate some of our mishaps. So it's been a good couple of days of practice so far. But uh, we leave on Thursday this week, and we're going to practice down there once we land. Then our schedule starts on Friday with two games. Game one is against Northwestern at 10 a.m., and then we play Missouri at 12.30. And all of these games this weekend are on West Coast time. Uh, all of these games also can be watched on the Flow Softball app if you guys have it. So make sure to check that out if you do. Saturday, we play two games as well. Uh, game one is against Seattle at 5 p.m., and then game two is against Cal State Fullerton at 7.30. Lastly, we will wrap up the weekend on Sunday morning against Long Beach State at 11.30, and then we head back to Oregon to get ready to go to North Carolina. Uh, I'm super excited for that weekend. I'll finally get to play pretty close to home and honestly cannot wait. Like It's going to be such a fun trip for us, and I'm really excited. But anyways... Let's get into this episode. Today we're going to be talking about the mental side of the game. Uh, now there's a lot of different parts of the mental side, so we're not going to go through all of them just yet. Uh, you know, there's the mentality and, you know, the training behind it. There's the mental struggles and obstacles you might have to overcome throughout your journey in sport and tons more. But today we're going to kind of zone in on the training and mentality kind of piece and how this can set you apart from the rest. So let's get started. Um... To play sports, everyone knows you kind of have to obviously be in shape. There's different levels of being in shape that are required for each sport, each position, and even each range or level that you're playing at. So there's a certain level of skills needed regardless for any sport. Uh, and we focus so much on this growing up too. Like we have high school coaches, travel coaches, personal trainers, you know, hitting coaches, pitching coaches. We work with people who specialize in certain positions that we want to play so we can be the best we can possibly be physically and allow ourselves the greatest chance of success. And I get it, which is great. Don't get me wrong. I did it too. But we often overlook the mental side of the game, especially growing up, which can be crucial because a lot of times how we grow up and how we learn to play the game, how we react to things in the heat of the moment at the age, they eventually become engraved in us and make us the kind of player that we eventually come. So, for example, if you get upset easily when things don't go your way and throw your helmet or walk back to the dugout, be a bad teammate, etc., 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 a lot of this becomes habit. And once you get older, it's hard to break those habits. 
It's 110% true. I am telling you that it is harder to break a habit than anything. Trust me. I know from experience. So I'm going to mostly uh, talk about softball, of course, since that's obviously what I play. But I might add some other references in here, too. And at the end of the day, almost everything, if not literally everything that I say can be true across the board for all sports. So softball is a game of failure. I think we all know that. I mean, dude, it is so hard. Um, And they tell you that when you grow up playing it. So it's not like you don't know that walking into it. You know, they say it's a game of failure. You can get a hit three out of times, three out of 10 times, and you're considered great, you know? And if you're anything like me, that kind of stuff usually just goes in one ear and immediately out of the other because I don't care. I didn't just want to be great. I wanted to be greater than great. You know, I work hard enough, right? So naturally it should happen for me, right? Wrong. So, so wrong. For a lot of athletes too, they grow up, you know, the best in their area or at least one of the best. They're idolized even and everyone can't wait to watch them quote unquote kill it at the next level. And you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to kill it at the next level because you're greater than great, right? Well, unfortunately, once you get to the college level, reality oftentimes kind of sort of slaps us all in the face. Better yet, I mean, she kind of just knocks you off your feet and then just sits there laughing at you while you lay in shock. I mean, it's the truth because once you get to that level, everyone was the best of the best where they were from. And not only that, but the majority of your teammates have already been playing at that level for at least a year or more than you, some even four. So they not only were great like you were too, but they have been training at that level way longer than you have. And you go straight to the bottom of the totem pole. I mean, instantly. A place you probably have never even been before, even as a freshman in high school, because like I said, you're great, right? So now, some of us adjust easier than others. Some might even kill it and skip that bottom part of the totem pole, which, you know what? Good for them. But just because they skip the bottom doesn't mean that they won't have to visit it at some point in their career. Slumps happen, and unfortunately, so do injuries. Everyone gets served a piece of the game's humble pie at least once in their career. And the more you can prepare for that and know how to handle that the right way, the better off you'll be and the quicker you'll be able to get out of it when it happens. So how exactly do you do that? Let's start with some of the basics, or I guess I should say some preventive... Can't even talk today. Some preventative actions that I have learned along the way. Step one, don't be a jerk. The world does not revolve around you, which means the sport you play most definitely does not revolve around you, no matter how good you are. I have been that jerk way more times than I'd like to admit. I was one of those kids that grew up as a hothead. And, you know, it's never came from an intentional place of wanting to be a jerk, of course. You know, I've always loved my teammates and loved being a part of a team growing up, but when you get so wrapped up into how your performance is going and not on anything else, you can turn into a jerk pretty quickly. And it can come off as selfish. It can come off immature. You're a hothead. You're no fun to be around. And quite simply, like I said, jerkish. So don't be that teammate. Focus on the overall goal that you and everyone else on your team wants to accomplish, which is winning the game. If you go 4 for 4 or 0 for 4 and still win, take it. Obviously, no one wants to go 0 for 4, but it happens. And when it does, don't hit the panic button. Just get back to work the next day to make sure that you don't go 0 for 4 the next game. And if you do, once again, don't panic. Just repeat. Get back to work. This game and every game really is a never-ending line of up and down progress. And when you learn to embrace that suck, you really learn how to take yourself to another level. So, how do you not be a jerk? Well, let's say you just struck out. 
you can give yourself approximately five to 10 seconds, maybe 30 at the most to scream inside of your head before you got to chuck it in the duck it bucket. Sorry, you got to keep it PG here and get back on the fence to cheer on your teammate. Better yet, tell that teammate as you're heading back into the game or as you're heading back into the dugout, I guess I should say, what you saw at the plate and help them with their at bat. Because if you relay some important information to her and she then gets an RBI double out of it, that gives y'all the lead and you have then officially contributed to your team's success. So do it. Help your teammates, cheer on your teammates, all of it. Other people's success does not hinder your own. It actually helps yours. I mean, I, that's something that took me a long time to kind of figure out when I was younger, but it's true. Helping your teammates will always, always, always help you. Relaying information like that gives you a chance to process what you did right or wrong and allows you to adjust for your next at bat. It allows you to kind of be present. So the more you can communicate between your coaches and teammates, the quicker you'll see the success that you're looking for. So in the heat of the moment, don't be a jerk. Help others, cheer for them too, chuck your ego to the side for five minutes and do what is best for the team. You'll see that when you do this, your negative thoughts and heated spurs throughout your entire career will go away. And it will keep you in a more present mindset instead of dwelling on past results. So with that being said, let's move on to the next tip. Be present in what you're doing. Now, both of these things I've mentioned are easier said than done, I know, but they are game changers, I'm telling you. So much of our negative thoughts, whether it's fear or worry or even nerves, come from thinking too much about the past or the future. So stop it. If you're worried about striking out, you're focusing on something that literally hasn't even had the chance to happen yet. And if you're scared to miss a pitch down the middle again, you're thinking about one, a pitch that might have happened in the past, and two, a pitch you haven't even allowed yourself a chance to throw yet. And here's the thing. I will say this until I'm literally blue in the face. There is not a single hitter out there that bats a thousand all year long. It's impossible. So who's to say that you can't be the one to get them out? Stop getting in the way of yourself by thinking about how good they usually are or how good you think they might be and focus on who you are and what you are great at. Simple. And same thing goes for hitters too. As much as I would love to be perfect as a pitcher, we miss our spots sometimes. Even the best of the best do. So who's to say that you can't be the one to get a hit off of even the greatest ever? I mean, why not? No one is perfect. So stop making your opponent out to be and start being present in what you're doing in that very moment. One game at a time, one inning at a time, one pitch at a time, even one breath at a time. Being present allows you to remain in a more neutral mindset. And it kind of allows you to see things how they are and not what they've been or could be. Let the past go, forget about the future, like I'm telling you it hasn't even happened yet, and get locked into what is happening in that exact moment. It's super important to do this, I'm telling you. But next, another big tip, screw the stats. I mean, I am a very analytical person when it comes to scouting and watching film, don't get me wrong. I love to have as much information on someone as possible, but at the end of the day, when you're out on that field, they have to go out the window and you have got to compete. Going back to what I mentioned earlier a little bit, stats are just information on past results. I feel like coaches are going to love or hate that I said that, but whatever, it's true. There have been hitters that have batted less than 200 all year long, ripped shots off of me, and there have been All-Americans out there that I've made absolutely look stupid at the plate. It doesn't matter. In the heat of the moment, in the middle of the game, I am telling you, it does not matter. There have been pitchers with close to a 5 or 6 ERA tear up some offenses, and there have been some pitchers with less than a 1 ERA absolutely get shelled. It's part of the game. Stats are cool to know and can help you when scouting to have a general idea as to what to expect and prepare for. Believe me, I study them a lot when prepping for an opponent, all the time. 
but in the middle of the game, they're completely out of my head, not even thinking about them because nobody cares. So stop worrying about your stats, stop worrying about other people's stats and get locked in on being productive and being consistent because when the game is on the line, I would rather have a kid up there that has okay stats and I know is going to find a way to score that winning run for us than a kid who has really great statistics but can never clutch up and be consistent when it matters. So next, preparation is one of the major keys to confidence and confidence is one of the major keys to your mental game. Preparation can come in many different forms. So there's the practice part of it, of course, which is common sense, I feel like. If you don't practice, then you probably aren't very prepared to begin with. But then there's film and even simulation or pretend scenarios, or I guess I should say visualization. These are fun to me, but that could just be a me thing. So I guess I should say watch film. I mean, I'm telling you, watch it on yourself, on your opponent, even on your some of your idols, all of it literally watch it. You'll learn so, so much. The more you can know about your opponent, the more prepared you will be for what they might do or even try to do. Because we're all human and humans are creatures of habit. So pay attention to your opponent's tendencies. Watch what your idols do or how they react when they succeed or even fail. Take notes on it. Watch your own film and look at your tendencies. All of it. Video gives you tons and tons of information and the more informed you are, the more confident you will be in your game plan to outplay your opponent. The visualization slash, I guess, pretend scenario part, um, I have read this in not only one, but multiple books that I have on the mental game, and I absolutely love it. Take the time to do this, and you'll see a difference. I promise. Let's say you have a game this weekend against your rival team. It's a big game, and there's a lot on the line. Why not play it in your head before it happens? So start in the first inning and pretend like you're up to bat. Be really, really detailed. Who's pitching against you? How hard is she throwing? How loud is their dugout? How loud are their fans? Make it as real as possible. If you've watched video or done your other preparation for this game, you should know what your game plan is for this game. And in this visualization that you're doing, you should be able to execute it in your head. Look for that specific pitch that you want to hit and be patient in the box until you get it. Then rip it into the gap. Then play the game in your head, the rest of it. Second inning, third inning, all of it. But don't just give yourself a four for four day every single time, though, you know, because what I'm about to say is just as important as the positive visuals. Make yourself suck, too. And yes, I did just say that. So strike out. What are you going to do if that happens? The pitcher is not giving you the pitch that you're looking for and has forced you to chase her other pitches out of the zone and you just struck out. Your plan has failed. So what are you going to do? How are you going to react to this? Visualize it. Are you going to adjust to a new game plan? Are you going to stick to the same one? Are you going to throw a fit going back into the dugout? What are you going to do? Visualize this and make your adjustments. Pretend that the umpire's strike zone sucks, like really bad. How are you going to react to that? It's something that does happen often, right? Like in real life, the amount of really, really good umpires and the amount of really, really bad umpires that you run into, I mean, it happens all the time. But you can't control that. So how are you going to react in the game to make sure that you stay present and help give your team a chance to win the game? Visualization is insanely effective. And it gives you a chance to not only play pretend, obviously, but it prepares you for the good and bad moments. If you've already seen it in your head, you'll know exactly what to do in real life, too. It allows you to be prepared on a level that most don't even get to. So I would strongly recommend it, seriously. And I could honestly talk about it for literally ever. So... But I think we're going to stop here for now and save some of these other tips for another time because, (laughs) to be honest, I got to get packing. Um, But thank you guys so much for listening. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and Twitter to stay updated, and I will talk to you guys next week.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.